Hello and welcome to Everybody Pulls the Tarp. I'm your host, Andrew Moses. Joining me today, three-time Olympic gold medalist, Heather Mitz, and U.S. World uh, Women's National Team star. How's it going, Heather? Welcome to the show. Hey, Andrew. Thanks for having me. Excited to be here. It's great. It's great to have you. And I, where I want to start with you is, is, you know, one of your mottos or mantras, you say, tell me I can't, and then watch me work twice as hard to prove you wrong. Tell me a little bit about where that mantra, motto, whatever you call it, where, where did that come from? And when, when did that first, you know, become the Heather Mitz motto? So unfortunately I tore my ACL, um, in 2007. And I think we were like one game away from them announcing the world cup roster. And obviously that was like very devastating, but you know, all, all major injuries are, um, I, I made the mistake of, of reading the comments when they announced that I had torn my ACL and there was one person that said, good, she shouldn't have been the starter anyway. The other one was like, she'll never make it back for the Olympics because of the talent on this team. And as much as that hurt, I kind of used it as motivation. And I found that quote that you just mentioned. And I just figured that's what I need to do. I need to work twice as hard to make sure that I give myself an opportunity to get back out in the field and to prove those people wrong. And that's exactly what I did. You sure did. Um, before we before we get to the process that you went through to to prove everybody wrong, because there's a lot of, of good stuff I want to talk about there. When that injury happens, I'm always curious, is there any like self-pity for a period of time um, where you feel sorry for yourself? Or is it just like, you know what? I'm ready to go. Let's let's rehab this thing and get back out there. Yeah, I mean, I think it's just a natural thing. Um, all athletes want to be out there playing. And when your sport is taken away from you, it's devastating. And I think when you have a major injury, such as an ACL or something like that, um, there were there were days where I never thought that I would a play again or b play at a high level. Um, and I was really feeling bad for myself. Um, and luckily, my now husband, then boyfriend, was also a professional athlete. And he had never seen me like that. But he just kind of said, you know what, have like, you get one day to feel sorry for yourself. Tomorrow's a brand new day. And so obviously, I did just wallow in my self pity for the rest of that day. But then I woke up the next morning, I'm like, he's right. Like, feeling sorry for myself is not going to help me to get back out in the field any faster. And I think we can apply that to everything in life, right? It's okay to feel bad for yourself for like a small amount of time because you're human and those are our natural feelings. But at the same time, like that's not going to help you to move forward and to get back to where you want to be. Yeah, I've talked, I've talked a couple times now on this, this show and you and I have talked about it. You know, a, a month ago I test positive for COVID. I think I'm doing everything right. We're social distancing. We're wearing masks. The kids are going to school. I'd be lying if I, if I, if I didn't tell you, you know, for a day or so, I felt really sorry for myself. I felt sorry for my wife because we had a lot to do around the house, but then it was, you know, a matter of, all right, like, what, what do I need to do to stay healthy myself? What do I need to, how can I, in, from isolation, even in any limited way, help my wife and kids get through their day? Um, so it's really, really interesting. So, so you have your day of, you have your day of, of pity, your little pity party, I guess you could, you could call it right. And then you get you get linked up with uh, James Galanis, who's kind of become like this this guru, you know, almost famous, you know, trainer in the soccer world these days. What was that experience like? At that and 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 how did you guys go about building a game plan that was going to help you achieve that goal of getting back in time for the Olympics? 
Yeah, I, I was so fortunate because James um, had always, you know, I always said I'm going to retire, you know, soon. And he's like, you should keep playing, going after your dreams. And then I had that injury. And I think he just saw how down I was about that. But he wanted to help me. You know, he's like, he knew how hard I worked. And he knew I had all the tools to be able to get back out there and to kind of get on the field again if I wanted to. But it was going to take a lot of hard work and effort, right? And so I actually love how he kind of built me back up. Um, he knew that my mechanics and my skills weren't um, perfect and that they needed to be fixed. And so we worked on my weaknesses. And at that point in the very beginning, I, I couldn't run and I couldn't do all the things that had kind of been like my specialty um, was the fitness part of it. So we worked on the things that I needed to work on, um, which was the skills and so we would do three hours of skill work, just skill work, just working with the ball, not, you know, doing very much lateral movement, anything like that. Um, and it was very tedious. And believe me, there were days like, I'm like, oh my God, what are we doing? Like, I, I want to start running again. I want to start like having contact and playing, but he definitely had this plan to like start small and to build me up. And then when I could get back out in the field and start working on my fitness, he knew that was going to come like that. Right. And naturally, because I'd always been really good at that. So um, basically I came back a better soccer player than I had ever been in my life. And because of the repetition and because we were training two and three times a day, like I mentioned in that, in that quote, um, my confidence was better than it had ever been in my life. And also as far as like the skills on the field, they, I came back better. So when, when I was able to put all those things together, I actually played my best soccer of my life. That's really interesting. So really what you talked about there was starting small yeah. and, and building and building back up. You know, you and I have talked about, the, I call this show, Everybody Pulls the Tarp. And it's, it's based upon a philosophy that I have that great teams uh, and great organizations are powered by individuals who contribute in unexpected ways. Mm -hmm. They do things outside the boundaries of their job description, small things that make a huge impact. So as, as was there a point when, you know, you guys put that game plan together and there are some of these things that you just described as like really tedious mm -hmm. where it was just frustrating, you know, it was, it was, it was really, really frustrating. Um, and you kind of had to just power through and stay focused. Yeah. And he would just say, just trust me, Mitzi. Uh, it, you know, I know what I'm doing. It's like, it's a part of the process and you have to buy in and, he knew my personality and it's like very full throttle, right? I have a hard time like sitting back and being patient and doing anything. And so, you know, by him saying like, just trust me, um, I know what I'm doing. You'd have to trust the process. Like I had to sit back and, and actually listen and be like, okay, I got to let go of the, the things that in the past have helped me. And this is just a different circumstance. And I'm going to have to trust this man that he knows what he's doing. And in the end, he, he was right. So you talk about trust, trust there. I, I, I know something, you know, another, you know, uh, you know, mantra mindset that you're passionate about is controlling what you can control. Um, so, so obviously, you know, in that instance, you're giving a lot of control to, to James uh, from a, from a rehab standpoint to get you back on the field. How do you, how do you continue to maintain that, that trust? Um, 
and let that process play out when there's setbacks and maybe you don't feel like you're progressing fast enough to where you know you can be. I mean, it really just does come back to controlling the controllables, right? And there are certain things in every situation that are just, you, you have no say in it. There's nothing you can do. And you just have to sit back and focus on, okay, what can I control? And that's usually always your attitude, um, the the work rate, you know, it's um, your mentality. It's like, you know, the things that you watch, the things that you read, the things, you know, the people that you're surrounding yourself with, um, all the things that have a, an influence on you and you want to make sure that they're positive. And then you just, you know, everything else is kind of just up to you and the effort that you're going to put into anything that you want to do and accomplish. So I'm curious, so like, are, are you, when you're setting goals, are you, were you guys setting goals like, you know, but Hey, we're going to get from here to here by, by noon today. We're going to get by here by Friday or, we're gonna, or, or was it, you know, all big, big long-term. I think it was like, make the, make the roster, you know, um, it's like do or die. And I think it, I, wasn't sure if that was going to happen. Like I knew it was a very lofty goal. Um, but I figured why not? Like, this is what I'm aiming for. And if you're a soccer player, like you, you aim for the world cup roster, you aim for the Olympic roster, and then you, you know, you aim for the next one. So I was kind of like, all right, I'm going to put all my eggs in one basket and let's just go for it. And if I don't make it, then it's okay. Like I did my best. That's all you can do. Right. Right. Um, and then you you focus on the next big goal. Yeah, I always say like I never want to have any regrets. I don't want to feel like I left, you know, anything in the tank. And I I tell people sometimes, you know, you have every day you might wake up with a, a different level of like gas in your tank, right? If you're a car or a truck. And it's just a matter of emptying the gas out, right? Like you might start with a full tank that day, you might start with a half tank. If you empty it out, you've you've done the you've left it all on the field, maybe as you would say, you know, or, or whatever. Do you have thoughts about that on that? Well, as I mentioned, me being full throttle, yeah, I feel <laughs> like that was always my personality, and I learned from a young age from my dad is work ethic is everything, and that you just want to work harder than everybody else, and as long as you've done that, then you've done your job, right? And I think if you have the right work ethic. And you have the right attitude and you have the right mentality, like anything is possible. So you mentioned your dad. I, I always am curious, you know, w- whether successful people like yourself, Heather, think that work ethic is something that you were born with, something that was kind of nurtured and developed in you, or like a combination of the two. Yeah. When I saw that you you had posed that question, it was like, I thought about it because I know how it, it applies to my life uh, because I do think that my dad taught me that from a young age, my brother and I, and that's why we were able to um, be successful um, in the sports world. My brother was an athlete also um, because we saw that with our, our parents and we saw them have success. And then he ingrained that in us. And I think it just became a way of life. But I've also seen other athletes that haven't maybe always had that mindset from like a young age and they could learn that, you know, but I think it's because they've been through like an experience that was maybe a negative one and they want to prove people wrong or they just see how important it is to have like a different 
mentality, like a working mentality because they want to get to a different place in their career. So I think it kind of, I don't think it's one way or the other. I think it um, can be taught at a young age, but I also think to where it becomes like ingrained in you, but I also think that you can learn it. So it can be, it can be, it can be, it can be developed and maybe it's, I don't know. Sometimes I think maybe it's when you get faced with real adversity for the first time that it, it challenges you to dig deep and, and discover what's there. Right. And I think, you know, challenges are put there for a reason for us to kind of um, learn how strong we are, you know? And I think if a lot of times we don't realize like that adversity is put there to challenge you. Right. And I think if you just kind of look at it, it's like, aha, I see you, you're a challenge. Like let's do this rather than, you know, look at it as a negative thing, because I do think everything happens for a reason. I do think challenges are put there in order for us to become stronger and better. So pivoting from soccer for a second to some of the things that you're really passionate about right now, and I want to get into all the the train-like legends and, and your gold medal mindset work that you're doing. But, you know, I, I know something that you're passionate about, you're, you're, you're sharing thoughts on Instagram all the time is healthy eating and yeah. putting the right foods into your body. Talk a minute about like just for the, for the person who's watching or listening who is not aspiring to be a World Cup soccer player. They're just aspiring to be the most productive business person or parent or person. Um, they're just trying to get through their first 5K. Talk about some of the other things that you've learned over the years that contribute to, let's just say, being at your best, you know, from a peak performance standpoint. Talk about that for a minute. Um, Gosh. So I, I learned from a young age, my mom was really into health. And so, um, we never had like, you know, like even sugary cereals or like, you know, a ton of sweets around our house growing up. And of course, as kids, we hated that, but then it just kind of became a way of life to where we, when we went to college, like we were the ones that were cooking like healthy meals every single night. Right. And we didn't even think twice about it. So I just feel like. Um, I felt like my mom really did us like a solid from a young age, just to kind of like ingrain that in us. And obviously I want to pass it along to my kids. Um, cause I, you know, for me now personally, I, I want to be healthy because I want to be around for as long as I possibly can to be there for my children and to be like, um, to not have medical issues. And, you know, I see what's happening with my, my, my dad right now, like he hasn't exactly been the healthiest human being. And now he's having, um, health issues down the road. And that's so hard to watch your parents go through stuff like that. So I just think it starts as at a young age and just like learning about health. And it, I know it's so hard in this world to like be able to read ingredients and know what goes into your food and what you're putting in your body. But, um, I just think the more that we can learn those things, like the better off we're going to be in enjoying life and being able to be around if we do have children or if we have loved ones that we want to spend our lives with. So when you think about that, it's obviously something that was just a part of you from an early age. It wasn't like some in vogue thing that a trainer in college, you know, pointed you towards or that you you know read in some blog. It was something that was part of you. But when you look back on your success, do you... I mean, do you really, I mean, you, you, you believe it really played a, a part? Yeah, 100%. I mean, I think that, you know, fitness is what do they say? 20% exercise, 80% nutrition. Um, and I really think that that helped me to have longevity um, on the national team. I think that my fitness 
my professionalism to health, right, and nutrition. Um, and obviously, my mentality are really kind of what allowed me personally to have like such a success, successful career. Um, it's not because I was an amazing soccer player. I'd love to say that I am. Um, but I think it was those other things that kind of just helped me to, to really make an impact. In anything like that, right? It's, it's all about building discipline and controlling the controllables and controlling what, I mean, you have every day and every hour of the day, every minute of the day, you get faced with choices Yeah. and choose one thing or the, or the next. It's, I think it all, I think it all fits together. For sure. And I I know it's hard. Um, And I know it's really hard to like read through like labels and what people are telling you. But I think it's like that's our due diligence is to be able to like learn as much as we can about what we're putting on our bodies. It wasn't until I had my first child that I really kind of started reading into like not only what we're eating and drinking, but also like everything that we buy as far as like healthcare products and clothing and just like, you name it. Like, I really am very passionate about like, um, just being able to be more mindful of everything that's around us in order to have more longevity. It's very cool. And now you're passing on these messages and lessons to, to so many others through the, the train like legends platform. Talk about that for a minute, Heather, so that the viewers and listeners can get a feel for what you're doing now and what inspired you to, to launch that platform. Yeah, I'm, I'm really excited. Um, as I mentioned to you guys, I mean, obviously fitness was a huge part of my national team success. And um, I wanted to be able to share that with like the youth, youth athletes, because I feel like it's definitely an underserved area. Um, I never lifted a weight before I went to college. And I feel like I wish I would have done that sooner because that was a big transition for me. Um, and I actually saw that it really did make me stronger and made me more confident and made me more explosive. And I'm only five, four, 120 pounds. So I need all the help I can get as far as being able to get out there on the soccer field and, um, be able to go up against the Abby Wambox of the world that are six foot and, um, 160 pounds, you know, there's no way I'm going to be able to even compete with her if I'm not being diligent about, um, you know, my strength and conditioning. So I just felt like I wanted to start this, um, this program to help to educate and to guide and inspire, um, young female athletes. And it's really cool because it's a program that has instructional videos, um, that everybody can do on their own through an app. Um, and I help them through these instructional videos. And then we have, um, feedback, with um, our strength and conditioning coach, not me, but a strength and conditioning coach that actually sends the program out on a daily basis and it's customized. So, you know, everybody's kind of different, but especially now because of COVID and the fact that gyms aren't available, um, you can do everything at home. There's body weight workouts. um, There is conditioning involved. So, which is like my baby and, Um, So it's kind of the best of both worlds, I think, for female athletes to be able to learn about their bodies and become stronger and more confident. And then it translates onto the soccer field. So but it's specifically for soccer players and it's um, aimed at girls 10 through 24. How cool. My my girls are a little young for it, but but uh, but, you know, one of these days. We'll uh, we'll have them on the uh, the platform, I guess, you know, Heather, it, it just all of this discussion makes me think about, you know, this notion that 
with somebody like you who's had this just incredible run of success throughout your career in so many different facets, you know, people, people see you on the podium, right? In your case, three times getting a gold medal around your neck. But I, I, so many people don't see what happens behind the scenes. All of these things that, that, that we've discussed. What's your message to people when they say, Heather Mitz, three-time gold medalist, it must have all come really easy. No, it takes a lot of hard work, but you know what? Like, that's that's all it is. I mean, it could happen to anybody, but um, I think there's a little bit of luck, but it's also, it's a lot of training and it's a lot of skill and it's a lot of hard work and dedication. And I think if you have the right mindset, you would be surprised with what you can achieve. Like anybody could do it, but you have to have the right mindset. Before I let you go, Heather, I, I want to talk about the, the teamwork side of this a little bit. We, we talked a lot about your um, relationship with your parents, your relationship with with, with James Galanis, the impact your, your husband's advice has had on your career. But you've been a part of so many amazing teams uh, throughout the, uh, the year. I mean, college, all you guys did is win. Um, you know, women's national team, you know, three gold medals. I mean, it, what a phenomenal, phenomenal story. Um, you were a part of so many great teams. You know, you represented our country in over a hundred international matches. What in your mind separates great teams from like good teams? Ooh, a lot. Um, you know, and I, I was so fortunate to like, play on on a lot of really amazing teams and I think it does start at the top I think um has a lot to do with the coach obviously that's that's where the majority of your leadership goes but then you have to have those coaches delegating having captains underneath that team that are going to also lead right and I think when I look back um it really does come down to like the type of players the coaches are picking right um and everybody kind of buying in right to what they're trying to to have you do so um obviously like there's luck and there's 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 skill and there's people that are going to work hard you need all those things also i think in order to be successful but um from the teams that i have been on i really do think that the reason why we had so much success on the field was because we became extremely close off the field and we became like friends right and obviously when you're out there on the field, you want to play your best, but when you're, you're actually going a little bit deeper um, and digging a little bit harder because your friends next to you and you want to like pull for them. I think that's kind of why all the teams that I have been on have had so much success because we're at that level. Right. And then obviously you have to have a good leader from the top down um, that I think that those are kind of all the things that when put together, um, why, why we've been, very lucky. Heather, thank you so much for spending a few minutes with me today and everybody pulls the tarp. Congratulations on all the success and, uh, you know, good luck with whatever, you know, all the things that you're doing, you're doing next. I feel like you're just starting to, to write the Heather Mitz story. Let's hope Andrew. Um, thanks for having me on. Obviously I think this is a great concept and I, I really enjoyed sharing with you today. Thanks. Thank you.